0: to another episode of the seahawks nest podcast i'm your host nathan Sano, joined as always by the man at arms to my he-man it's kevin garber kevin how you doing
1: uh i am in a supportive role and i am able to speak much more clearly than you and our very own gwildor
2: that's right Eric Ronnebeck, Eric, how you doing? You went with the movie Gweldor. You did not call me Orko, which I feel more people would know. Either way, <laughs> excellent knock. I'm, tra- I'm trying. Excellent to... chop. There you go. I'm trying I'm just to... hoping you
1: turn into Battle Cat one of these days, Eric. Oh, yeah. I was going to share
2: with you. This is a preview did for wanna, Movie Club. Did you want to be Tila? <laughs> maybe, maybe early mini comic Tila. I don't be know. Julie, the sorceress. Sorceress, they were one and the same in the early mini-comics. Anyway, on to Seahawks football. Let's, yeah, let's get, let's get it
0: into it. We got Welcome so to much to talk. Too, to <laughs> um, people, people were, I'm just going to respond in general, people were like, where were you guys? You know, we had a game on Thursday, and it's like, I'm not going to record early for for a preseason game we, we record on Tuesdays friends so that's a fact uh, so i, I just want to let you guys know that i'm not changing the schedule for for preseason football maybe if we like play a thursday game in a playoffs or something but we were
2: also a uh, very <laughs> um, more rapidly relaxed and uh if you're on a patreon you can get part of our group thread where we we do we do jack up the volume in there quite a bit there.
1: thank you if you're wondering where to find us that would be on twitter where i live tweet for a large portion of the game or you can hit our or page- become a Patreon, and then you can, then in the you can chat. be in the group chat and talk to us the whole game. Yeah. That was a that was fun group chat So I guess if week. you're complaining, we know who our real fans are. No, this is a good person. <laughs> the, the person, the,
0: well, at least one of the people who complained I like. Okay, Kevin already getting ready for teaching. Kevin's burying everyone. <laughs> K-Triple-H, put the shovel away. So, um, the, time to play the game. This, this week, the Seahawks... Hosted the Denver Broncos in uh, our first preseason game, their second preseason game, oh, which is an interesting thing because the teams were on different pages. They were in the in kind of game two mode where they wanted to play their starters for at least a drive and kind of see how that worked. And we were in game one mode where like
2: where uh, our left tackle
0: say, wasn't playing and I would we say not like, want our quarterback getting murdered. I'd say 10, 10 people uh, that really matter for the Seahawks just were healthy scratches. Hey,
1: Wes Saxton Jr. is offended right now. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. Let's list the like the ten Seahawks, 10 Seahawks
0: game one MVP. West the Jackson? ten most important Seahawks were are gonna play in week one. Okay. The, the Russell Wilson, uh, Dwayne Brown, uh, Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright. Right. Uh, like they they all didn't play. Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, it's just like it was a, it was a it was the Ziggy B- It was the B- it was the B. Yeah, Anza, It was the B team. Apuna Ford.
1: It was this was the. Uh, Wait a minute. Dixon played.
0: Dixon did not. Most play. important player. I hope Dixon is not the most important player in the Saints this year, just because that would mean we punted a lot. That's true. Last I,
1: time a punter was our MVP, it definitely made him number one in our hearts, but number, thanks to something much lower in our soul. All
0: right, so we're going to go, let's go deep on the first preseason game. And do you guys want to start offense or defense? I would say offense is the vegetables and defense is the dessert. So which one do you want? You want to eat your veggies first, Eric? Or you want to get you want to go for dessert? I kind of want to dessert first, actually. Dessert, dessert first. All right. Let's do it. So we're going to start. Frisky. Let's start with defense. Um, so to start off with the Seahawks defense, let's start with the edge players. So... Last podcast we kind of talked about these edge players: uh, Collier, Green, Marsh, Ansa, Mingo, Martin, Griffin, and Brandon Jackson. Those are the kind of eight edge players the Seahawks have currently on the roster. Uh, Kevin us off. What are some things you noticed from the from those edge guys?
1: All right, those uh, Green, Jefferson, and Jackson all looked really good against the run. Uh, that's something right off the bat. They all held down that fast in the defensive Je- end. Up, Jefferson, though?
0: they ended up using kind of versatility. I mean, only played 11 snaps, but he played inside and outside. Yeah. Uh, they And I think you're going to see that kind of all year, is that some of these ends are going to have to play some DT, just because it is kind of a... Especially with readout, it's a position that we have less depth at.
1: I was really happy with how Green played, after the first drive especially. I thought that he had a really strong game. Uh, the only person who looked really bad as far as the edge players, was Cassius Marsh. He looked bad against the pass and bad against the run. He looked like probably one of our worst defensive linemen in the game.
0: Yeah, I thought I thought um, Jackson didn't look super great either, but I already kind of had a, the, of the opinion Jackson is going to have to really earn it on the field. That, be, that being said, none of these guys were out and out horrible like i i thought the defense
1: played really good in general marsh got washed out of the play on a number of running just just,
2: he was more invisible than i feel like marsh uh, was there to just do what he's going to do during the season and be a body someone that you can count on not all the time i'm gonna i'm gonna be real with you guys
0: cassius marsh kind of made me his mortal enemy because you you guys know how much i hate when someone has a kid and then they put senior on the back of their jersey and there he was marsh senior it's like dude come on addressed. you (laughs) got to be addressed so, so you got to yeah, get that out of here. Okay. I thought
1: that Martin and Mingo on those pass rush packages where they would basically, one of them was playing linebacker, one of them was playing edge, and the Seahawks were not going to tell you which because there were a bunch of like pre-snap adjustments where sometimes they would be on a three-point and back off into a two-point. Sometimes both of them would rush from like a, lot, a stand-up linebacker set. Sometimes both of them would be a three-point.
0: The, the fronts the Seahawks used in this game were very flexible. They didn't rope themselves into being like, we're gonna make it look like this every time, which is something the Seahawks used to do. It used to always be, hey, it's kind of the same look, and then it's it, and then it. it changes, it changes after the play <laughs> starts. This time it was like it changes before the play starts, during the play, after the play starts. Like the Seahawks were all over the place, and it, it was awesome because what they did is they created a lot of pressures. I mean, they had twenty pressures in this game on uh, I think what it was like thirty-eight dropbacks. Uh, so twenty pressures on on thirty eight dropbacks is pretty great. Fifty percent of the time we're getting we're getting there. Uh, six by Mingo, six by Martin. They were the definitely the two that were the uh, the pass rush stars in this game. And Jacob Martin, and people who listen to this podcast for a while know this guy is. Uh, a, we're a fan of his here on the this yeah. podcast. We appreciate this game. We love the guys that can do a thing. And what I like is that the Seahawks what they did is they said this is a guy who has a skill set we can use and we might have to change what we want to do a little bit to to make it work but this we can make it work and they did they 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 fit us to his talent as opposed to just like trying to jam a square peg into a round hole and that is what makes a really good team the good teams they they make their personnel the best they can be in they do that with jacob martin um they have him you know, sneak into pass coverage a little bit, but literally they saw to pin his ears back and try to kill the quarterback. Do you
1: mind if I push this into a little bit of a bigger discussion? Go. Yeah. We talked all mm-hmm. off season about how with the changes in roster construction what the Seahawks need to start doing is figuring out how to manufacture a pass rush and what we saw from the first preseason game is a team that's ready to start manufacturing a pass rush okay. by utilizing these players in a little bit different ways uh, using the safety and DB blitzes quite a bit
0: yeah they had a defensive lineman drop back into pass coverage and then had Shed come uh, come on the safety blitz uh, on that play that created the, the safety, safety. Yeah. and that, that's like a perfect example of what we've been talking about kind of all offseason is that you can't manufacture coverage you have to have good coverage guys but you can manufacture your pass you can make something happen by tricking the opponent and they did that on that play
2: well and everyone everyone out there is talking about how the Seahawks have a problem at edge because there's really no one there now that Frank Clark's gone and the Seahawks know that and I feel like Pete Carroll and his staff they get so much sorry they got so much respect for having you know creating the legion of boom but now people are kind of saying well you know what they they haven't been good for a couple years which is a bunch of bullshit um that's just hot takes but Pete Carroll still has a way of being crafty and getting his peatness in and this is just a great example to see there
0: were there were guys missing too um collier was gone ford was gone ziggy ansa was gone Reed. so so that is like 100 percent guys guys that matter a lot that will will totally make a difference when the regular season starts i think jaron reed wanted to play in this game really bad I get that impression.
1: I think he wants to play in the preseason because he knows he'll have to sit for a while. It's like he's kind of got that itchy trigger finger almost. Uh, Let's
0: see. Okay, so that's Edge. Interior defensive line. Uh, I thought Ford, Jefferson, and Woods kind of showed – well, Ford didn't play, but Woods and Jefferson showed kind of what they're capable of, that they're pretty solid in the roster. Then we had Monet and Meter, and I thought they both played pretty decently uh, in this game. The difference meter was is, a little
1: more disruptive.
0: Mo, Monet was really stout against the run. Yeah, had a couple great run stops. in, in that in that first drive where they uh, blew up two runs in a row, he was a big part of both of those. And then meter, like you said, yeah, he could he he was able to get after the passer a little bit. Had two that was two quarterback hurries. If there's not room for both of these guys on the roster, and I think there might not be, I think they might be playing for four spots. What do you prefer? Do you prefer the uh, the the big stout run stopper in Monet or the or the pass rusher in uh, in Jay, Jay Meter?
2: I mean, if you're pointing it like that, I really want the pass rusher. But I gotta say, Monet impressed me because he had double teams; he had two guys at a time. That's something that it, you can't really quantify. Um, he's a big boy. He's what? three fifty six, three hundred sixty six, three sixty six. Sorry, I underdid him ten pounds.
1: Nathan said he was a big part of the run defense. I would argue, maybe three hundred sixty six <laughs> pounds here was a big part of anything here. What in. do I always say? It's a joke,
2: <laughs> but we say it every season. I want that. I want that washing machine. On the line, and that's I, that. I guy. always have
0: wanted like a big, huge, fat dude, in, and we finally have like yeah. a really cool one. And I want him to make the team really bad. And he can, but, he can I'm, trying stop, but to, like, I'm trying not. But also, he's grabbing to be two We're guys. Find out he
1: plays acoustic guitar, <laughs> all in. It's oh, it's over. Two <laughs> thirteen in the morning. He's my new playing. favorite player.
2: If he chooses up two guys covering him though, to to stop him from getting to the quarterback, even if he doesn't get there, that opens up a spot. So I'm going Monet on this.
1: Uh, I also tend to favor Monet just because. With the way that the Seahawks play and also from what we've seen so far in the new defensive scheming, it's really important those interior defensive guys occupy a lot of attention. Basically, we need those two people to cancel out three. We want the both guards in the center to have to focus on the two interior guys. We already know Poon is very disruptive. If Monet can be a load on the inside on run plays, then that's going to really free up our linebackers to do what they do best.
0: And Earl Mitchell is not as horrible as I expected, but he did play in like against the worst competition. So
1: yes, yeah, so him um, and Tuley both played solid against the run.
0: Yeah, but it, against
1: they, low competition, I agree.
0: So the I would need to see more there before I'd be able willing to kind of move them up my personal uh, chart here. All right, let's go to linebacker. Ooh. Okay, uh, obviously Ragnar and Reiner are still going to make the team. Kendricks had had a kind of a tough day. Uh, his spot's still guaranteed, not, though, in my not, opinion. Not like his best work, but yeah, like you said, he's pretty to make the team. Uh,
2: Depending on sentencing. Co- Sorry. Co-
0: yeah, that's true. Cody Barton. Cody Barton is very good at football, and I'm very excited to cont- see the continuing development of this guy. Um, to the point where I think Kendricks and him is a legitimate question just in terms of who I'd rather have on the field when we have three linebackers out there. Barton is,
1: he the makes U.S. Really, legal system might answer that question for us. He, he makes very good
0: decisions. He had three run stops and four tackles on only 23 snaps. He's in every play on the field, and uh, he just he just goes out there and knows what to do. It's He didn't make any mistakes in this game. Now, he's a rookie, oh. so I'm expecting that to maybe come back to earth, but if it doesn't, if he puts together four preseason games like this one, it's going to be really hard for the Seahawks to keep him off the field.
2: Well, I was afraid when we drafted Barton that it was a bit of a sign that we were kind of Maybe letting Bobby Wagner go because it looked like Barton could very well be that heir apparent in a few it years. Be some insurance, it seemed. Yeah, yeah. And now it seems like he's going to be young Bobby Wagner in training, right under Bobby Wagner. I agree with you, Nathan. It's going to be hard to keep this guy off the field, and I'm okay with that. It might be K, might
0: be KJ insurance because KJ struggled with injuries in, lately, and yeah. maybe they they see him as a, having the ability to do that because KJ and Bobby play more interchangeable roles than most guys who play those particular positions.
1: Coming out of college, I I did not see Cody Barton being able to handle coverage that well that early. If that's an indication of what's to come, then yeah. Because originally, I thought, interesting inside linebacker prospect. But... Exactly what you guys just said. He has that ability to handle the coverage that we require from our weak side linebacker, and that's just something I didn't think he could do. So the only thing we haven't seen him really do is rush the passer, and that's something we don't need from him. If he can do everything else well, he has a very clear role on the team.
0: Yeah, and then um, Ben Burkirvan and uh, Austin Calitro, I think, heated up their their positional battle. Um, Calitro
1: looked... genuinely good outside of one thing he had four. I felt like his run fills were really good his pass coverage was really good but he still keeps doing those like lunge and pop tackles mm-hmm. yeah. and
0: it's really frustrating he had a really annoying missed tackle where I was like you could have made that tackle uh three run stops five tackles he did play 68 snaps he played almost the whole game yep uh, and calitro really what I think happened is is this is a guy who went to a small school okay Kalitro go calitro comes out from Villanova. And he and it's it's tough. The speed of the NFL was a lot for him last year. I think um, getting into real NFL action in a regular season game, and you know, on some level, in this game, the game slowed down a little bit for him. He was able to really make really good reads, make proper reactions, and really use his athleticism to his advantage. And he was a really good special teamer. One of yep. the one of the best of the day, maybe like fourth or fifth best, if I'm like ranking them all out. And I thought that that that's going to keep him really in the mix. To make this roster and Burke Irvin, it put him on notice a little bit because I thought Burke Irvin was good, but but one of the he had a really bad coverage set where he got beat once for twelve yards, and I thought that yeah Burke Irvin, the Seahawks have gotten rid of a fifth round pick before before the season started. It's happened, and I just I want him to make it because it's a local guy. It's like the he's living the dream. All of our dream, right? Yep. Go to high school in Bellevue. Go to go to college at UW go to go play for the Seahawks like that's the that's the he's living the dream and I don't want it to end but he's gotta he's been put on notice a little bit and if there's not room for seven linebackers on this squad or whatever you know Griffin, Berkirvin, Kalitro one of these guys is gonna hit the bricks and if Kalitro keeps playing like that it's gonna be really hard to tell him no you don't make the team
1: what I noticed about Ben Burkirvin was that he showed every tool That I thought he had. It's almost like he and Barton flipped from what I thought when we drafted. Which is. Ben Burkirvan's play style in college. I thought he'd be able to adjust to the NFL game really well. As far as. Especially run fills and then coverage requirements. Instead that was Barton. Uh, Ben Burkirvan. Showed sideline to sideline speed. uh, Really good quickness. Good feet. uh, Good tackling ability. And was out of position and misread offensive plays uh, a number of and, times and, and, and I mean, took couldn't a couple pull the of trigger right but, like yeah. he couldn't get used to the fact that NBA, the NFL players are all really fast he didn't
2: play
0: uh, with confidence the, he didn't play that's a good way to
1: put
2: yes. it
0: and he only played 15 snaps and we're obviously like really over analyzing 15 snaps so i just want to say that right from it's the start the preseason but, that's this whole podcast but this is what <laughs> we that's what we have to this is what we have to work with though so let's just get in it um, but, yeah, I think that that position battle is heating up now. That Those those linebackers are really heating up. And let's talk about Shaquem Griffin.
1: Wait, wait, real quick. Yeah. Uh, Bember Griffin is my early pick for most likely to get a – he's got a nagging thing. And uh, we just need to let him heal it up sometime around week three or week four, and then he just kind of hits the uh, hits the old IR for a little bit and gets oh, that old de- Pete Carroll redshirt special. On a similar I thread. I so
0: much. Did you- Christmas is already getting it.
1: I know. That's- <laughs> yeah, that could happen.
0: I also... Hey, I don't- every
1: day's Christmas it's Seahawks training camp. Monet and
0: meter M- M- both showed up in training camp, and they were like, these guys are good. Uh, DeMarcus, your ankle hurts, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got to ask him that, right? Like, yes, hey, uh,
2: coach. <laughs> hey, do you want to stay on this team or do you want to try and make it somewhere else? Because I'd really like you to just make this team. I'll say this. I think they're more apt to hang on to Berkhervin than they are calitro <laughs> Just because Calitro's size, Berkhervin's prospect, I would not be surprised if they, like, traded Colitro for a seventh round and kept Berkhervin
0: that, and just stashed him. If they Certainly could get a legitimate
1: value for Kalitro, yeah, I
0: agree. Any draft pick would be great to get for Kalitro. And it's, he's, he's earning that kind of... People are st- trying to this, continue the hate. People on who watch this, year. who watch this tape, are going to be like, "Oh, that's a real guy. That's a guy who could be like our fourth linebacker, or if I'm a three-four team, I could see him playing middle linebacker on one of those teams and being very successful." Cody
1: Barton being able to back up both KJ Wright and uh, Bobby, Bobby Wagner theoretically, based on the play that we've seen so far, really gives some extra flexibility there.
0: Okay, Shaquem Griffin. Shaquem Griffin had a couple excellent special teams plays, and I just. That stuff matters a lot to the Seahawks. He was not great in just regular – what's the way to put this? Just regular defense. Uh, When he had to go out there and play linebacker. He had a really good third down. there's there's second down.
1: There's three phases to a football game. He was really good in I mean, one of them. 14,
0: he, his 14 snaps were also, I think, unimpressive, much like Burke Irvin's, They were but, fine. But Shaquem Griffin's really separated himself on special teams, had a couple really great special teams plays. One where he missed a tackle but slowed the guy down enough to, to let the team catch up and make the play. And then he's a special athlete. And I think that there's not you can't really run away from that. If they keep trying to turn him into a coverage linebacker, it's never going to work and he'll only be a special teams player for us, but I'm okay with that. I mean, he's really good at special teams. Probably our second best pure it's special teams. Like Nick teamer. Maragos level. Yeah. <laughs> he is the new he, he could be the new marigos I'm, I'm into it. Easy. 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 You already e- oh, have a new Maragos? Speaking speaking of easy, let's go let's go right to the corners, okay? Yeah, let's uh, do it. The first play of the game. Uh the first punt, sorry. Torpedo gets out there. And shows everyone who was like, "Well, maybe Thorpe won't make the roster. That's for you, Eric." I uh, knew it. I knew uh, it. <laughs> maybe Thorpe won't make the roster. He torpedo is like, "I got a message for you, buddy. Easy, easy. Okay." He makes like a awesome special teams play, and and I'm just like, "Yep, that's why he's our special On that teams play." Camp. I
1: immediately moved him from my might not make it to probably making it.
0: But <laughs> it's just it's the it's he's our special teams captain. The team loves his leadership he matters they really gave him a chance to play a lot of outside corner in this game and he really didn't do that and well and he uh he was um he was fine
2: he is good on special teams <laughs> you're
0: being so very generous i'm uh, come on okay fine he was he was bad okay but the- alex
2: banister was good on special teams
0: <laughs> thorpe gave up <laughs> thorpe gave up two receptions on three targets for 43 yards 29 of those yards uh, on a like one long play uh, he had four tackles. They really gave him a shot to play like 23 snaps of outside corner, and he did not show out in any way that I I love thought. that they did that, though. That's why I love the preseason. Um,
2: hey, you know what? You want to do this? Let's we'll do- see
0: if you can do it. It doesn't matter.
1: In general, though, our special teams looked. Real Actually, good.
0: There was only there was one big uh, minus on special teams. We'll talk on a little bit, but <laughs> but yeah, Thorpe looked great on special teams. Amadi looked excellent on special teams. Yep. I'm not even really sure where to put Amadi on the roster anymore. Whether I put him in the safety category or the cornerback category. I'm putting him in corner paid, because
1: he played so much he in nickel corner.
0: 18 slot snaps. He played five uh, five snaps in the free safety and he played one as a box like hanging over safety. I like um, when he rushed the passer it,
1: from the nickel spot though. I wrote that down. Uh, he got his hands up. He looked like a guy who's done it a number of times. He looked very comfortable. He had a
0: really good. Pass Breakup. Um, he kept, kept his he, zone. Almost pick up. He he knows what he's doing. He's a good player, and he was excellent on the returns. And I, all those returns got kind of taken back because of Nick Ballore. But it, I'm gonna I'm willing to forgive that because Amadi really made a lot happen on this place. I would be stunned at this point if Ugo Amadi is not our week one uh, punt and kick returner because there's no way they're gonna want to get Tyler Lockett get killed. Now and that that's a, major positional flexibility. And so Amadi playing slot corner also has the ability to play safety. Also has the ability to to return kicks and punts. This guy is also
1: has the ability to be a gunner if we needed him to. This guy and mm-hmm. he was oh
0: he was good on defending he special was. teams too. Yeah, he was great all around. Like, like, I have this is
1: like Pro Bowl special teams level. I have no style. complaints,
0: and I think that Ugo Amadi is someone that we're gonna see making big plays in a Seahawks uniform for a long time. Every bit of hype that most people have for Marquise Blair, I, I have that that's the level of hype I have for Amadi. Amadi was special. And looks special, jumps off out to me as a player who just has has it. He has it. He doesn't make big mistakes either, which is really important to the Seahawks. Yep. Um before we move on to Blair can King. We King. About... Can we talk about King okay. King really and, quick? Yep. Four slot good. four slot snaps, 17 in the wide corner, and excellent on all of them. Uh, this guy is pushing for a starting job. He's not just playing like this, oh I'm gonna be the slot corner, oh maybe we could sneak me on the roster, oh, I'm a really flexible backup, I can play safety slot and wide corner. Akeem King is going for that starting job and he played better than Trey Flowers in this game. And if he keeps it up, he has a shot to win that job because on this team, you get to compete for those jobs. We saw it last year. Trey Flowers won that job. This if Akeem King, King keeps this up, he can win that job. He had looked really good in this game. Yeah. Um, I'm i I'm a big fan and I'm excited to see if he continues that momentum or you know if it slows down and he just ends up being our super backup. But either way, he's on the roster. Yeah, he's, I'd
1: say Squares had a respectable game against Mo- against Cortland Sutton who's not a super easy assignment. Like he's a he's a big tall receiver, and we used our big tall corner to match up against him. He had a solid game, but not a good game by any means. Uh, I liked what I saw from Shaquille Griffin. It wasn't against greatly talented receivers. But I saw him playing much tighter in coverage. His bailout and his trailing coverage, yep. he shaved about half the cushion off of and used his quickness to keep I mean, up with him.
0: He only got targeted once, and he broke that play up. That was like a r- nice play by him. Mm-hmm. He's, he looks really good. I Shaquille, Shaquille Griffin still has number one corner upside. I we saw it in his rookie year. There was the the skill was there, but last year he took a step back. And then I think Eric's been the one that's kind of driving like the the train on that. He's he could still be really good. He could, and it's. It's a sophomore
2: slump that it happens at a lot of positions. Happens at quarterback. You don't see it so much at wide receiver. That's almost like the blossoming year. Uh, running backs. I kind of tells the tale of who's going to be consistent, who's maybe going to be phased out. But in cornerback, it's a tough position, and you can have a good first season because uh, I hate doing this, but it's almost like a pitcher. Like you, you don't, you don't know what stuff they have, so they're, they're. Rookie year, the first time you see a lot of games from them, it's like, oh, these guys are kind of impressive because they have pitch control. And then people get used to them. And his receivers aren't dumb, you know, that if they know anything, it's how to make cuts in and out, how, been, how to manipulate uh, cornerbacks they see every year. And I'm I'm sure that there was like make your cut early against Shaquille Griffin and
0: early early in the game too he had a really good run tackle and yeah. I, I think it's like a skill that he has and and Trey has it too where those corners are really good in run support and they it are. makes it really hard to get those like freebie four or five yard runs against us uh, a, um, on like a stretch play yeah
1: you can't just stretch us out to the edge turn the corner and get a couple of yards because they'll get in there put their helmet and, in there and knock you out yeah
0: Trey and Shaq both both take that assignment seriously and they are very physical so and it I makes feel it like hard.
1: Akeem King's maybe not quite the same tackler, but he can play the same way. Like, he doesn't give you a free run either. I mean,
0: Akeem King, man, he was great in coverage in this game. I was I was really happy. He had a really good pass breakup. He had a run stop. Like, the just a good game from Akeem King all Is there. it
1: time to... Uh, Safeties, let's do
0: it. Yep, let's so, talk Marquise Blair. Okay, Marquise Blair. So, um, there's a hype train for Marquise Blair that I feel like is out of control. Um, there's so much... And, Marquise Blair did some things in this game that were very exciting. Okay? He he does some – the things that he does that are good are really good. But, like, the the play where he – where they ha- did the 31 – I think it was 31 yards. Uh, let me look on my notes. 27.
1: You're talking about the screen to Nick
0: Williams. 26, yeah. So, 26-yard screen to Nick Williams. That play, that is his assignment. And he blows it off to try to go for the quarterback running around his own defensive end, <laughs> who is also rushing <laughs> the cornerback quarterback, to – to, to the blows off his assignment and they get 26 yards. And those are the kind of plays that Blair is going to mess up because of the, the way that he needs, he still needs to learn the, a, a lot to be a professional NFL football player. And yeah, I love the, the stuff that he does good, but the stuff that he does not do good uh, is going to keep him off the field because toxic differential matters a lot to Pete Carroll. That's like a Seahawks original. We're the first team that ever, like really made a big deal about that.
1: And, and what exactly is toxic differential for the listeners out there? That's uh,
0: big, big, big uh, yardage gains and then uh, turnovers. And unless he like, creates a turnover every game, you can't make up for the fact that you're giving up these big screens by missing your assignment. So, yeah, I would. the tight end just slipped out and he just didn't go with him. He was already after the quarterback.
1: This is what Naz Jones got taken off the field for. There's a thing a that he was Kevin. expected to do and he didn't. Yeah, and so
0: um, Blair is going to get more chances, he's, and he's going to get infinite chances, because the upside is so big, but he's it's the things that he doesn't do that are going to make it really, really hard. Um, Let me say this about Marquise Blair. I feel like he has
2: a little bit of young Cam in him. Uh, he can stick with his guy and still hit hard. I think a lot of people want to see that. People still love Kenny Easley in this town. Ken Hamlin uh, hit a lot of people's hearts hard and chests hard. Street on signs. the other team and street signs Kevin thank you for that um but also Cam Chancellor um people want to see this so like like Nathan said it, the hype train needs to slow down having said that uh it's only game one I'm still excited to see what he can do I mean, he, got a targeted, guy
0: he got targeted three times in the past game and gave up three receptions I mean it's he was they were they were on him they, uh, let me just
1: read what I had it's everything I think uh, Marquise Blair showed exactly what, I, what I'm what i excited about and exactly why I'm wary of him. That's great. Uh, missed coverage allowed to, on the long screen Nick Williams. Good tackling and blitzing. He can make tackles in space. But he got flagged on a play where if he plays the ball instead of the man or... If he uses the correct foot and shoulder combination, it's yeah. a big play instead of a big play for the offense. Yeah, unless that, he's a
0: that jerk, big, that's coachable, that, though. That big hit, they, you can coach that. They they can yep. fix that. And th- that's the thing, is it? Unless all these B- are coachable. Unless Blair is like a total head case that can't be coached at all, all of these problems will go away by year two. And he'll be an excellent starter with Pro Bowl upside. But starting him in year one might be a little bit of throwing him to the wolves. And I don't want to see a guy's development get stunted because he gets beat up all day. I'd rather just take the safe hand Tedrick Thompson, which by the way, Tedrick Thompson, people are like burying him. Like he was horrible. He was fine in this game. Uh, He was was, like a league average starter last year too. He dropped into coverage 10 times. He was never targeted. He got one tackle. He just does not close plays out super fast like Earl does. And it's, I think for Seahawks fans jarring to see a mere mortal in in that role uh, where, but trust me when I say Tedrick Thompson is not a bad NFL safety. He is average with above average upside. He was a very good coverage safety in college and I would, uh, and coverage, he was a corner too. And I would like to see him recover some of that ability or that ability be utilized a little better by the Seattle Seahawks. Um, but maybe he's just too, a little too slow, a step too slow, as they say.
1: In or the, at least in the NFL. for the scheme that we were running, it, I'm going to be interested in seeing how it works because I think he is inevitably the starter this year.
0: Yeah, and and, and in week and one, in week one, Tedrick Thompson, it's Marquise Blair is going to have to cut the cut the mistakes out to beat Tedrick Thompson because Tedrick Thompson didn't make any mistakes in this game. He played a solid, safe game, which I think is exactly what Pete Carroll wants. Pete Carroll wants our guys to go out there and play the, that solid, safe, steady hand style, especially his safeties. And you can improve on safe. You can speed up a little. You can. It's a lot easier
2: to do than readjusting after you overpursue or overplay on your on your wild side. Hey,
0: we, oh, we got t- we got we got to talk about free safety Deshaun Shed, Kevin. We got to do it. All right, Deshaun Shed was good in this game. He, he had safety. Fine. He covered well. He's targeted twice. Only got one pass. He had two really excellent run stops. Um, Deshaun Shed is making a case to be on this roster as a like flexible safety outside corner piece. Oh, and. I I think that Shed uh he did a good job. If week one was the beginning of his case, he made he made a nice statement.
1: The problem is that if Shed's making the team, who are we cutting for him? Uh, if Taylor doesn't make it, sure. Yeah, I, I, I can make that have swap Ta- on the roster. I have
0: Taylor and Reed out, and Taylor I thought was pretty bad until he made the interception, and then I was like, well, that makes up for a lot because that was a sweet <laughs> interception. That, that was, was a, really that good. was a really, it was good, a play. really good play. Century uh, too. yeah. It's yeah.
2: funny. I, I agree with what Nathan said, and I was like, oh, Kevin's. Kevin I see this look on Kevin's face where he's gonna be like, sorry to you know, piss on your parade, but you bring up a good point. Who would be cut? There's I not enough bodies.
1: Shed's safety. I feel like King would have had that safety. I feel like Amadi would have had that safety. I feel like that was a well schemed safety. Great job by Shed doing the job he was supposed to on that play. But I don't feel like that was it uniquely was, him doing it.
0: For right. me it was like the totality. Like it was two, good for him, The yeah, Two absolutely. run stops and the in the the pass breakup and he, he yeah. just had a good solid thirty snaps of football. And well,
1: if he represents if, if the last D B on our roster, I feel great about our absolutely. DB. Absolutely. It's, it's him Let versus me put it like Calen
0: Reed and Jamar Taylor. Like those And I are, feel
1: like I feel like you just gave the maybe order. Show it's up. shed then Reed, then shed then Taylor, then Reed.
0: I think Luani might be ahead of Reed too are actually luani's in that mix too of i feel guys like who have a chance to make the roster
1: it depends i think next week we'll find out if Amadi's more of a corner or a safety yeah and that's going to probably decide where. well that shed, body shed might from. be
0: more of a safety than a corner though right that's so we might have had just had those kind of uh those well, positions re- originally switched most people um although we were on the ugo Amadi's our nickel corner hype train from the draft that's so, right so get on board boys here we go um Okay, that's that's the defense. Should we talk about special teams to delay talking sure. about offense? Yes, yeah. please, let's delay it. Okay. Okay, so sorry Griffin. guys, I really had a it tackle first. and he was awesome. Ugo Amati had a tackle and some great returns. He was awesome. Nico Thorpe had a great tackle. Calitro was good. Mingo was good. Um okay. That's
1: another reason why Mingo's really earning that roster spot. Uh, we dissed him on his special teams accolades in the offseason and were rightly corrected by a listener. And once well, again, last year he this had a lot. Of, last year he had a lot of average
0: snaps, and this year I think he got he got took it more seriously or he got better or something. I like, just
1: think in general, our special teams. If our special teams jives like that the rest of the year, I'm excited. All right, like guy, that's
0: that's an asset. Guys who didn't do good on special teams. Okay, let's go with um, Jacob Martin. I think they're just trying him out, seeing what he's got there. This is not your job. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you're about your situation. You're, you're going to be pressure. fine where you're at. Don't uh, Deshaun Shedd. Not, I would prefer not. He had a penalty on special teams, and I just don't. Th- I think he looks like he's not used to it, or he's not ready for it. Maybe he could get better. And then the worst of the worst, we gotta say it for last: fullback Nick Belor, three penalties and a missed tackle on special teams. He played 14 special team snaps. If you have four clear mistakes on 14 snaps, that is really bad. And two of those canceled out really good Ugo Amadi returns. That's fact. So I was very unhappy with Nick Belore, the guy who is. Stopping me from my dream of having a no fullback roster. So you know what? Nathan's hex, this hex is, worked. This is my... Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm ready.
1: You know every uh, cop drama where I, I didn't want to party <laughs> to begin with, and now you hear him messing up a crime scene? This is, uh, this is Nathan's interactions with Nick Bloor. Um, and he's right. So uh, I can only take it from here that Nick Bloor sits on his desk and does not use his chair. That he is a loose cannon, and that the department <laughs> will be better off without him. The thing about this is With that, that
0: sucks is like it, our fullback, whoever it ends up being, if we keep a fullback, needs to be a strong special teams contributor because if they're not, that w- roster spot is like really wasted. Yeah, it's, yes, it's a super wasted roster we spot because we might as
1: well just uh, put blitz on the roster. Because the as thing far is, the, the function <laughs> we'll get from it. The is. thing that Ballard <laughs>
0: did good is what we use our fullbacks for is kind of a passing outlet and and. Yeah, great. Seventy-five plays passing, a year. Great, thirty plays of passing outlet a year or whatever. Yeah, Jacob
1: Hollister and Nick Vanette. Uh, yeah, Vinic exactly. Can do that.
0: Like Nick Vanette can go out there and do that. If that's really what we need our fullback to do, is like oh, throw a couple, out there and do that. throw a couple blocks and then catch a pass, catch a pass every once in a while. Yeah, I don't need, I don't need a special guy unless that guy's a really good special teamer. Now uh, if they Myers start using- has a
1: boot, by the way, can I see that? Now if Nico say again? Myers has a boot, oh yeah, I, I didn't want. He I didn't also likes let to. That get he away. also likes to slide it right inside the right. He upright. does. I'm gonna have a coronary sometime <laughs> this year, but he's gonna keep making. It's them. like a screwball because it
2: goes right and then comes inside when it's usually the other way, and you're like, whoa, what are you doing?
1: And as Nathan said, it was really good to not worry about him pulling his butt cheek every time he. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: I said field goal. Someone was like, "Oh man, he went out there and banged that 50 yarder and I go, "Yeah," and we didn't have to worry about him pulling his hamstring. The sideline smelled a lot less like cigarette smoke too. Which was and really there nice. was no Barker lounger. Yeah, where, where was the where was the beer bong from last year? <laughs> I mean, did did, uh, did uh, Janikowski take that with him? Of he did. Too did. Bad. It just, was in his contract. He just left. This is mine. Um, Dixon was, was fine. I think he put up a couple high ones to really let the other guys look good, which I appreciate.
1: <laughs> well, if our coverage is going to be that good, him hanging one that just never gets returned? Yeah. Nice. Guys
0: are going to get killed nice. on those punts if he uh, keeps it up. All right. Uh, any other defense thoughts before we move on to the uh, the O? No, let's let's no. Uh, let's go ahead and eat that okay. broccoli. All right, here we go. Uh, I don't think the you offense the looked. I do. I don't think the offense looked good at all the whole game. I was really disappointed. <laughs> In all
1: fairness, <laughs> when the offensive line and quarterbacks look bad, it's really hard for the rest of the offense to look good. I mean,
0: pa- Pax. Everyone's all hyped up about Paxton Lynch, and let's I'm start like, start at cool.
1: quarterback and do it.
0: Let's do it. Okay, Geno Smith versus Paxton Lynch. Geno Smith was. Worse than Paxton Lynch, but Paxton Lynch played against worse competition and honestly looked like he really wanted to stick it to his old team. What kind of psychopath goes out there in week one of the preseason and dives into three guys trying to score a touchdown? Oh, wait, the guy who wants to middle finger John Elway. Like, of course,
1: I I understand exactly what he was doing. As somebody who was a fan of the Seahawks back in our AFC days... I'm a big fan of wanting to middle finger John. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, who's who's the psychopath,
2: Nathan? It's
1: the guy whose Super Bowl is week one of the
2: preseason. I'm I'm surprised (laughs) that he
1: fight for a roster spot, whether it's with us or someone else.
0: I'm surprised he didn't crack two beers and like give him the Stone Cold Stunner, you know, like during the during the game. (laughs) Why we have commercial? Paxton went out there and he, yeah, he put himself in the driver's seat for the. For the uh, backup quarterback he had job, an
1: incredibly shaky first drive. Yes. too. he threw that one into the dirt. He he looked overwhelmed. The first two drives drive.
2: of the second half on both sides, I thought Paxton Lynch was the all-time quarterback. I was like, <laughs> both of these guys are awful. What's going on? The scrambling it was uh, was Russell-esque. It was honestly he looked comfortable. Now this could be against the Broncos. It could be he completed a couple passes and the crowd got into it and he actually
0: felt that 12-man energy brother he but also looks, he really looked in control his facial hair makes him look like a knockoff captain jack sparrow
1: oh i was about you, to say uh i really liked him on the french fencing team in the 74 olympics yeah it's not
0: good uh all right will, uh, any, any will, other backup quarterback spots like you, are you excited for jt barrett yes eric? <laughs> well well since i was gonna say no kevin tell yeah get eric excited all right yeah, get me barrett, excited because uh, i'm so not
1: <laughs> he was with new orleans in the 2018 preseason he was only six for 11, 63 yards throw pick. But uh, as a college player, he played at the Ohio State University. He had a 63.5% career percentage. Uh, he never dropped below 60%. He had two seasons over 64%. So we know he has a decently accurate arm. Uh, he averaged 5 yards per carry and had well over 100, uh, 100 attempts every year. So this is a guy who's a legitimate rushing threat, who's a decently accurate short and intermediate thrower. Uh, when you're talking about a backup quarterback, this is somebody who can run a West Coast offense designed for a quarterback with mobility. Then why the don't we Seahawks pick up sooner? Have a West Coast. Op- well, we had to wait for to make a cut. Part of it. Um, the other thing is. Uh, Geno Smith is more of a proven commodity. I could see JT Barrett coming in and not looking that good. I just think he profiles as the type of player I wanted to pick him up as UDFA last year. Okay. I thought he was a better option than our backup quarterbacks going into the year last year. And uh New Orleans ended up with him. I'll say this. So- his
0: intangibles are really good. Yep. Like if you just like look at what are the quarterback intangibles, JT Barrett has them. So it didn't make sense that he didn't get drafted last year. I just want and, to
1: see, does he have an accurate arm at the NFL, and how does he make his reads? So I'm very intrigued in seeing him and, get to play in this next game. One
0: thing is, game to game, when you watch JT Barrett, one game you'll be like, whoa, this guy brings it. He's really good. And then the next game you'll be like, this guy kind of low-key sucks and is
1: really bad. And the play calling <laughs> so was really off and it for most of his Ohio State tenure. Uh, They had an offensive play caller who just loved to call him to run a bunch. So if they're like, I don't know what to do with this game, let's just run JT Barrett 20 times. And you're like, we have three five star running backs. Why are we running JT Barrett 20 times?
0: There's a chance that he wins this job outright very
2: easily. I know. I would not be surprised. How great is the NFL where you can basically just call a guy up and say, hey, you're not available. You want a quarterback in an NFL game this week? He's like, absolutely, I want a chance to play. Let's go.
0: Yeah, he's he's got a chance to win a job somewhere. Because he, he deserves to be a backup. And it sucks that he was stuck on New Orleans, where they have a really good starter in Drew Brees, and then probably the most raw, talented backup in the NFL in Teddy Bridgewater. Sure, yeah. so, and a third
1: quarterback who's a running threat that they use right. in a gimmicky ways. So they, so he, he had, had, no, just, he had no
0: path to get onto the roster. Like, There's just no way for him to get playing time.
1: Like He only played two of the four preseason games last year.
0: So, yeah. the that's telling. They,
1: they Well, they had a clogged... They had, the toilet was clogged, Eric. And
0: so when they when they waved to him on August 1st, <laughs> I'm sure that JT looked at the landscape and tried to find a position not where he could learn anymore. Because I bet you he learned a lot of stuff last year from Breeze and Bridgewater. He looked for a spot where he could win a backup job and make an impact. And this is a good spot for him, I think, to do those things. So I'm excited to see JT Barrett go out there and probably beat Paxton Lynch <laughs> and Gino Smith for that job. That'll be really exciting.
1: Uh, by the way, uh, Smith had a surgery on assist on his knee so he'll probably be out for the next game so we should get a nice long look for at least a, co- a full quarter yeah. a couple of drives from gt barrett
0: it'll go lynch first then barrett i think
1: yeah and well it'll be Russ for like one drive yeah. and then lynch and then barrett yeah
0: that yeah i'm not even counting that Russ drive because it'll be so short <laughs> it'll be over before i know it. it'll be like yeah they'll, they'll run like run, nine run to- past nine total yeah. plays or yeah they'll run run past seven plays three rust plays the end yep um one thing is uh a lot of people would look at this game and they'd think, oh, the Seahawks rushed pretty good. You know, They had a pretty good rushing day. But six of those rushes for 55 yards were Paxton Lynch scrambles uh, or, J- or Geno Smith scrambles. The running back runs were not super great. So let's get into into the the, the rush game. Okay. Uh, let's say this. Bo Scarborough, not as garbage as I thought, 2.86 yards after contact. He get had a battering ram. 20 yards after contact. Um, I don't know if he has the, the ability to hold up to a full load, but if we kept him as like a hybrid uh third down back, full back special teamer, I'm I'm kinda into it. I'm I move Bo Scarborough up in my 50 minute thing to like probably not, but maybe. He's he's definitely my favorite to keep in like a fullback ish running back ish role, uh, way more than Ballora, especially after his special teams transgressions. The probably not, but maybe is a is a great place to put him.
2: He uh, he is the only only way he can move is up at this point.
0: Uh, so, did you have any? Uh,
1: what did you think of Penny, Kevin? I went a little bit deep on this. So, 2018 Mike Davis, uh, he had 36 receptions for 236 yards and seven and a half yards after the catch. And I felt like the way that he was utilized in the passing game is very similar to the way they want to utilize Penny out of the backfield in the passing game. I thought Penny had that excellent screen. They're really good blocks from Posich and Britt. But I thought it was Penny's ability to have a little bit extra shake. Um, His ankles, the Duke can just kind of get like that Michael Jackson uh, lean going in the middle of a run. And his acceleration was kind of on display I felt like he was very quick in and out of his cuts, and his cuts took really difficult angles for defenders to keep up with.
2: So, before we started the podcast, we had a little fun making fun of John Gruden. As you know, we like to have fun before the podcast. John
0: Gruden is, is not, he's
2: not into dreams anymore, dude. He's, he's into
0: I'm nightmares. into nightmares.
2: <laughs> but let me say the most John Gruden thing I've ever said about Rashad Penny. And, and Kevin, laugh me out of the room if you want to. <laughs> should I say it in a Gruden voice? You should, yes. I feel like this year, Rashad Penny's running smaller. <laughs> okay, I feel honestly So out of the Gruden voice, I felt like He was more compact in his running style He was less wild he, So not as
1: upright Yes, exactly, yeah. he
2: ran smaller um, I think it's going to benefit him for whatever reason probably the offensive line did not benefit him in this game no, but the, he got
1: met at the, op- the handoff multiple yes, times yes the, the
0: offensive line of all backups i mean 15 of he had 15 yards on 6 attempts 12 of those yards yep. came after contact he only got <laughs> he got 3 free yards that's it everything else he had to earn it it was a it was tough sledding but with the better offensive line with Dwayne and uh and Fluker, uh, Neapoty, and potty. Yep. I mean, maybe beefy boy Phil Haynes out there. Like the, the that's gonna be a way better offensive line than he gets to run behind in the regular season. And like you said, Eric, he does seem to have come into the season with a with like a renewed focus, with a with a an idea of in that and that screen pass. I mean, that shows the explosive playability of Rashad Penny. This guy has real Real upside as just a guy who can create those toxic differential plays in our favor. He's like C.J.
2: Size, but bigger and available to be on the field.
1: And, yeah, not hey, made out of crack. C.J. Size
0: is going to play this week,
1: dude. That's what they're sure saying. Is. We sure shall is see. <laughs> uh, Mike they're going to run him into the line 20 times. Mike Davis being out basically puts about 750 yards from scrimmage back into the offense. That 750 yards from scrimmage. You're talking about Rashad Penny had about 500 last year. Don't be surprised to see Rashad Penny between 1,000 and 1,200 all-purpose yards this season. Okay, and I, I think, think if fair. you see that in complement to Chris Carson, you're looking at a really. Um, uh, I, I think that that suddenly becomes a good use of a draft pick. Another
0: another thing too is is if Scarborough keeps playing like this and McKissick can't get on the field, like they. That's putting that's going to McKissick's on notice. That's not going to be good for him. He's I did not even he, think about that He's Nathan, kind of he's kind of losing he lost out on his yeah. his ability to return kicks. I think Ugo Amadi has smashed on that and now he's he's losing out on the fact that all these guys are getting the opportunities and I think Scarborough showed out. He showed up and sh- looked really good in that game.
1: Yeah, I want to see Homer on the field too. Homer Homer is at the field
0: I do think Homer has a pretty safe spot on the roster just because they just spent a draft pick on him. But, yeah, if he never makes to the field, the Seahawks have shown they are willing to cut ties with guys that they spent draft picks on. They don't care.
1: They, they'll take the best four or five that are available. Um, okay, running backs, I think we
0: have covered. Uh, ProSize has made a graham cracker crust. Uh, the wide <laughs> receivers. All right, wide receivers received a lot of attention from people in this game. Uh, Kevin starts off. What did you What did you notice from the uh, wide receivers here?
1: All right. So I did a a really long look at DK Metcalf coming out of the game because uh, I got on a, a mild Twitter war about DK Metcalf's productivity and DeKalen Metcalf. That's the one. Okay. Uh, so one catch on four targets, eight yards, one drop. And people want to compare that to Jazz Ferguson's four catches on four targets, 54 yards, one touchdown. So you can get into Jazz Ferguson after I get through this. Uh, What I saw from Metcalf was a drop that was on a very high pass from Smith uh, where the defensive back was coming over his back. And it was a sticks comeback route on third and long.
0: Tough catch, still a drop.
1: Tough catch, still a drop. Also, his quarterback did him no favors by like, hanging the ball up there for and, the DB to and volleyball waiting, out.
0: And waiting for so long to make that throw. Like, throw it. The timing on that was off.
1: I would have loved to see him make that catch, and it is a drop, but I feel like that's a very excusable drop. Like, that's 50% on him. Yeah. Uh
0: do you know Smith did a, did the Russell Wilson thing where he like has a sack that's totally on him too? Yep. It's like I was like, oh my gosh. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. Go ahead. Uh,
1: I thought Metcalf he had, Metcalf atta- attra- attracted a holding penalty, which is really good. Uh, they just could not give him a clean release because that's too dangerous. And then when they did give him a clean release uh, against Chris Harris, who's a very good coverage corner, he had that eight yard catch on first down, and then they went back to him on the very next play. And he picked up a quick wide receiver screen and accelerated up the field for about another seven yards, called back on a penalty. Yeah, that uh, was like Wright. the
0: softest, softest David Moore, that David Moore block to the back. I was like, uh, okay. Like what? Did he, he breathed on him too hard while you walked past him? It was a pretty soft penalty. He like, he like was falling over and used the guy to, 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 <laughs> to, to the guy that was already falling.
1: But regardless Whatever. what I saw between those and then the fact that Metcalf had those two deep routes he had about a step and a half on the corner on the Great. sideline on an overth- on a slight overthrow that was off the tip of his hands. Yeah. And then he had that uh, kind of slant and go route that he ran uh, that would have been a touchdown, except the ball was just a little bit overthrown with a, um, a defensive player in Geno Smith's face. And that was another one where he had a half-step on the corner, and those were D- both against like a pretty solid defensive back.
0: DK Metcalf created separation against guys who are real NFL football players. Isaac which, Adam, Chris which, Harris. Which, which makes me excited to see him play with a real NFL quarterback in Russell Wilson. Yep. Um. I don't think there's anything else you can take away from DK Metcalf's performance in that we, we need to see him with Russ, and what you saw should make you understand that he can create separation against real NFL corners. He might have a little
1: bit of trouble at the fringes of his catch radius. It's like a finger strength thing. Mm -hmm. Like, we'll see how that is. But otherwise, yeah, the dudes, uh, like, you can see his path to being a weapon in the offense. And what I'd like to compare that to is 2017 Paul Richardson, 44 catches for 703 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, Lockett's rookie year, 55 catches, 774, seven touchdowns. I think
0: Russell has shown an ability to... Worst case,
1: David Moore last year, 26 catches, 445, five touchdowns.
0: Russell has shown an ability to pick up uh, new rookie wide receivers and get... get Acquainted to them very quickly, yeah, comparative to, to other, uh, maybe other guys. And I'm gonna talk about something big picture here because a lot of people are saying stuff on Twitter and things like that. Like, David Moore and uh, and Jaron Jer- Brown. Brown might not make the team, man. Look at all how these young Riders' here are playing. Look at Ferguson, look at Ursua. Okay, pump the brakes there because those guys are established veterans that have rapport with Russell Wilson. All offseason they've been talking about how they can't wait to show how these guys were supposed to be used. There's no chance in hell that Jaron Brown and and David Moore are not making this team unless one of them like breaks their leg or something. Like without an injury or like a PUP designation, those guys are on the team. The the spot that Jazz Ferguson's fighting for is like if we're going to keep a sixth wide receiver or like Ursua, Reynolds Ferguson. Those guys are like three guys fighting for one or, one spot or maybe you could throw Jennings in there too and say it's four guys fighting for two spots but
1: though Jennings is safer because obviously with his higher resources we spent we definitely saw something big they, on him. they want to yeah. give him
0: you want to give him a real chance and I thought Jennings was okay in this game even though he I mean I know he had chance. he had no catches but the had two targets and he they weren't really good ones yet. no
2: the the one off the sideline looked like he would have caught it if it would have been in bounds or sue um, had a
0: really nice 30, 30 23 yard catch I think he looks like a good slot prospect um and not sure
2: what you were saying though about you don't you're not sure if – sorry, if you think that basically it's a shoe-in that Jaron Brown, David Moore make this team, I think Ursua could be one of those guys. I think Keenan Redlo- Reynolds has a chance to definitely be off this roster sooner rather than later after the last game. But I don't know, man. Jaron Brown is a veteran, but he didn't prove a lot last year, and I don't know if he's a lock to make the team this year. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, like, David Moore, yes. Jaron Brown – I don't know, man. I think that is a guy who can get beat out. Now, having said that, uh, and more to your point,
0: Jess Just, Ferguson is probably not the that way guy. Ru- have you heard the way Russell Wilson talks about Jaron Brown?
1: And the way that uh, I want someone to
0: talk, I want someone to talk about me the way that Schottenheimer and Russell Wilson talk about JB. Like they love that guy. Yeah, They're he's he's not That's going true. anywhere, and he's also he had he didn't,
1: 14 catches on 18 targets. It was he, he didn't play he in didn't, the underperform. He just didn't have a he, performance. He was
0: underteamed, yeah. and he didn't play in this game because his roster spot is secure, not because of some nebulous thing. His roster spot secure. You're going to see him with the ones tomorrow or next next weekend.
1: Yeah, I would say that it's Lockett, it's Brown, it's Moore, it's Metcalf, uh, Metcalf and then it's one or two. Two, probably. And I, think two. I have a spot to. Talk about where that extra, so where you're doing six Jennings receiver could and, be coming from. I have Jennings. I would have Jennings and probably Reynolds.
0: I put Ursua after this game.
1: I and could that's see because, that as well.
0: because Reynolds did not do good gun on kick returns. That kick return that he returned out of the end zone <laughs> was a big mistake. That is the kind of thing that kills him. I feel like yeah. his first
1: return was good, and that return was Bad. Yeah, and then you, so and
0: you do that was a toxic differential play that was cannot, a big negative. You cannot do something like that if you just take a knee there. We go to the twenty-five and said so we're on the nine. Like that is a really bad play, and this is kind of stuff that if if we're looking for our next kicker turner, Keenan Reynolds bumped himself down the list. Now he's probably third or fourth in that thing. They gave David Moore a chance to return a kick, too, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, really uh, he, quickly, he, tight he looked like he was running in slow motion on that he, That was, yeah. He got like 10 yards, though. It was kind of great. <laughs> uh,
1: really quickly, uh, tight end Saxton, and Harris uh, definitely put great tape together for an XFL team, so good on them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Vinette played fine. Game 1 MVP, played. West Saxton? I mean, yeah, dude, he did more they, than no that. One, none of the tight ends played in this game. That's Saxton
2: got
0: 20 snaps. That's why I said uh, Harris real quick. Got now we're spending more time on it. Vinette got 26. <laughs> They didn't even use our boy Fant and the tight end role because he tweaked exactly. his ankle. Well, they were man. going to, but... Hey, you said they weren't playing the ones. All rise for the National Phantom, and I didn't even get it. Marco Jones played every snap. This We were kind of thin in this game, if I'm being honest. We <laughs> were quite thin. Uh, Nikansa played 56 snaps. How many pressures do you think he gave up?
1: It was like... 23. Uh, no, it, was, it was seriously like
0: <laughs> Seven. Uh, he gave up seven okay and he gave up seven and no one else gave up more than one Nikansa was um,
1: uh, my exact comment was Nikansa couldn't block anyone at right tackle
0: I went I put him from probably no even though there's like no other tackles on the roster he's not competing with one but I moved him down anyway that was like a rough performance that was awful he will really have to show something in the next couple games <laughs> I thought to Martin keep his looked butt. acceptable at guard. Yeah, Martin looked good in general, and I think it was a He fami- looked a
1: little overwhelmed against first teamers.
0: A familiarity with with uh the system helps him a lot. Uh, Martin has played for Solari before on the 49ers, and that gives him an advantage, I think, over some of these other guys that I think, you know, makes him a, it makes him a more of a threat to make the roster than maybe I originally anticipated.
1: Uh the old also
0: the old short center for the rust to throw over thing. I think that might be a real thing that they're thinking <laughs> Except about. Except he only played guard. Well, no, he put, he played a couple snaps at center. Not a lot. Uh, I can look for you. I can tell you the exact oh, I didn't see him play give any me, snaps at center. Give me like one second.
1: So uh, I thought the whole offensive line struggled the first drive or two. And then they settled down and were better, especially oh. Jamarco Jones.
0: I got confused because he switched from left guard to right guard. Right. He played 17 at left and 28 at right. Okay.
1: Uh, I thought Jamarco Jones settled in and played respectably below average.
0: Acceptable. Uh, he played rotation NFL tackle level football.
1: I don't feel bad about him being our fourth tackle behind Fant. Yes. I will say that. Because
0: Fant's is good. Right. All, all rise for the National Phantom. Um, But Hunt, yeah, he's fine. Hunt was surprisingly decent. Uh, Playing against, like, third stringers. Uh, Posich got some center snaps. Here's the real news. Uh, He played center and guard. 28 snaps total.
1: 17 at center. Um, He played more snaps at center than guard. 17,
0: yeah, 17 center and 11. I thought he was bad at guard and good at center. So... However you feel about that.
1: Really natural in space and working double teams.
0: So center – the thing about playing center in the NFL that's weird is you got to be able to do a bunch of different weird stuff. And those are the things that he's actually really good at. And I, it, you, he, you start to see like, oh, wait, this guy played center and was an award-winning center at LSU. Like this guy's really good at center. And you see him pass off a guy really successfully with the guard. Or you see him uh, stand up a, a respectable NFL-level nose tackle and put push him back on a play. And it's like, oh, yeah. This guy's supposed to play center. We're misusing him by trying him out at guard and tackle, and just trying to. We're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. This guy needs to be playing center. Um, so there's two ways we can go at this: either he's the heir apparent to Brit, or we can try to get a sixth round pick out of him at, at cut on cut day. Those are. The real, I don't really see any other ways. I don't know about if that's it. a reality either. I, I think honestly, he, if he keeps playing good at center, some team will give us a sixth round pick for him. I think. I think he will stay on this roster, though.
1: I want to see him on the roster because that means that he is. A Our number four guard And our number two center And that means that we can Legitimately keep nine offensive linemen And still have a really good rotation When we have to worry about Having two guards that might miss some time
2: Along with Agreed. Britt possibly being a guy Who is not going to play every single Snap this year. The guy's shown that he Can be healthy. He's shown that he can be injured As he's getting older Postage uh, H- will be on this team yep. Ro-
0: Roos played uh, And nope. Knox and Knox played, and nope on that too. Uh, yeah, they, they look not ready. That's moving sure. on, the guards, the guards in the game that were not uh, Martin were generally just straight up disappointing on every play.
1: I would very much agree. Um,
0: the the Nacanza was bad. Fant only played eleven snaps, so I'm not going to judge him at all. But he did have a penalty, which is annoying. So there, there you go. That's uh, that's the whole offense. We yep. did it. That's
1: the big run. We did
0: we did every single player on the the whole thing Uh, now tell us why we're wrong on twitter i'm i'm can't wait for it at us won't you Okay. <laughs> One so quick thing Here we go What uh,
1: Injury update real quick No go ahead uh, Upati they're saying They're kind of just Letting him slow Pay back his injuries Which makes sense uh, With a guy like Upati You don't need to see His preseason snaps You know what you're getting There's enough tape out there you just gotta reconnect His leg Kevin Exactly They just have to Sew him back together Like a I mean, Sally from also, I, I was gonna, from gonna he say all, He also
0: has played For Solari So Solari knows Exactly what he's getting
1: Yep so he's a guy Probably He might get a little bit Of run next week At the earliest And then probably like Week three He'll play like a little bit And then he'll maybe have like One series in week four And then he'll just be ready For the season And then Fant They're saying Is an ankle sprain And they're hoping To get him back by like Week four of the preseason Or week one
0: Yeah they're they're not They're not gonna rush him back at all they're, But they, again
1: that's a guy We have tape on We don't need
0: to They're giving Fant the slow play We know what he is He's the best tight end In NFL history And that's all there is to it So we don't need We don't need to like Watch George Fant play Okay Gronk out of the NFL Saturday Saturday this week. Okay. What are you really watching, Eric? When you go to sit down to watch Seahawks football this Saturday, I think we're playing at Minnesota, correct? Yeah. Uh, so we're playing when we go to. Is it Saturday or is it Friday? I thought it was Saturday. It's Saturday. It's, uh, that's a real question. I'm not. It is Saturday. For some
2: reason. I have Friday in my head. I think it's because we're always playing these weird midweek preseason games, late
0: week preseason games. Let's see. It is Saturday. No, it's Sunday, August 18th. There you go.
1: It's Sunday Curl at five ball.
0: o'clock. Sunday at five. There you go. So I, there's only there's only two games on Sunday: Seahawks, Vikings, and Saints, Chargers.
2: And then our next game will be on Wednesday, and everyone will get injured. Congratulations, <laughs> NFL. Uh, what am I? What am I watching? You're asking me. Yeah, what's like the number one thing you want to see? Man, I. Looking it, for it? It's funny. Before we started the podcast, I was like, "This is my number one battle." But I got a few things. Um, I really want to see the hype trains die down. That's what. That's my theme going into this week, meaning Marquise Blair, uh, I want to see what you got. Jazz Ferguson, I want I want to see what DK Metcalf has, Jazz Ferguson. I'm telling Jazz Ferguson, I want to see uh, Mr. Jennings Jr. on the field
0: actually catching balls. You know, I never really talked about my f- strong feelings about Jazz Ferguson, did I? Uh, nope. No, yeah, you, you okay, just kind of started to touch on it. Go for it. So, so here, the, the Jazz Ferguson thing. Yeah, four catches, four. He does a thing. He has good control of his body, and he's able to pick on smaller, smaller cornerbacks. Like yeah, he he picked on a guy who was a lot smaller than him, and he and he did it successfully, which means that's good. You sh- you need to be able to do that, but if I'm when push comes to shove, he really showed me that he has legitimate skills that need development on our practice squad. I would not want to put him on the full roster right now. Not even close. Um, he did run one really good in breaking route. Uh, that on one of his catches that showed he can run on a legitimate NFL route too. But the guy he beat on the route was uh, nobody a guy who is definitely getting cut. So, you know, it's their version. It's their version of uh, Boykins right you know, now. Jess <laughs>
2: Ferguson may have a chance to be on an NFL roster, but we said this last week when work, Nathan said, what do you to do? What are you looking forward to seeing? And I was like, I want to see the one guy who's not going to make the roster that everyone is like, this guy's so amazing. Congrats, Jazz Ferguson. You're that guy. Uh, as if for if we could
1: trade him for a sixth, I would do that tonight. Dream big go and second. Just do that? Yes, cocaine today. heartbeat.
2: Everyone, everyone in the press is like, "Oh, he's to be worth a fourth rounder. He'd be great." Uh, I want to see the safety battles going back to our points. Uh, I'd like to see more from the cornerbacks. I'm not really worried about the offensive line. I'm not worried about the offense. I think once the season kicks in, we'll see what that looks like. Not before the pass rush. This is gonna sound really stupid. I'm feeling so much more confident based on the schemes we ran in game one. It's all secondary this round. That's what I wanna see. That's what I'm gonna be watching. Kevin.
1: Alright, I want to see postage at center. I wanna see Amadi's continued snaps at nickel. I want to see the out I wanna see our starting corners, our starting outside corners, and what they play like for a little bit, a slightly extended look. I'll be watching Rasheem Green quite a bit. And I want to see uh, what Penny looks like. Okay. All right. I I'm
0: Yes, the one thing I'm watching if I had to pick one is running backs involved in the passing game. You could tell from this game that they're going to throw a lot more. They ran play action a lot. Yep. A lot of play action, heavy dose. And um, I think Kirk Cousins said it best. There's no upper limit to how much you can run play action. Um, you can run it as many times as you want. It does not matter. Sage, it's, football
1: philosopher. It's It's good. Kirk Cousins.
0: Kirk Cousins. You like that, Kevin? I like uh, that. You like that. So I'm just. I'm excited to see Russell Wilson throw football to DK Metcalf in a real game. Um, I'm excited to see oh, how man. this. If he
1: if he completes for a long touchdown to DK Metcalf, I can't. I just can't wait for the <laughs> wave of people shutting up.
0: His. Uh, I can't wait for the all the DK the, Metcalf jerseys. The Edge guys to see if they shake how they shake out. See how they're doing without still without Ziggy, still without LJ. Um, see how yeah, they can continue. we scheme
1: pass rush against another team? Or yeah.
0: can we still get guys into the backfield even though those guys are gone? And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, wide receiver, you know, that end of the roster battle is going to be good. Those, you know, Keenan Reynolds, Gary Jennings. Jazz Ferguson and John Ursua are in a dogfight for two roster spots, man, and it's going to be really fun to watch. And
1: theoretically, Malik Turner should be in there, but if you can't get on the field, you can't get in the battle. Um, and Amara Darbo is t- ter- on a milk carton <laughs> somewhere because he's
0: missing. Ter- ter- terry Wright wasn't bad either, dude. I, I was like, okay, Terry Wright, you're you're a real guy. He, uh, he'd be an interesting practice squad. I guy. would I've love to get him, him up on the practice in the middle
2: squad. of
1: the year for like a, a game or two. Kevin Amara right. Darbo
2: never left that milk carton. I'll say this: after game two, that's when the cuts start to get a little more serious. Uh, where you might see a a name you recognize is like, oh, I thought they had a chance. I'll just say right now, I feel like if Mingo has a bad game, a bad second week of the preseason, ouch, gone. Bye. Mingo, Mingo huh? Yeah, I, I just, because you just, you brought up the point, like, I want to see what our edge rushers can do. Mingo had a good game. Mingo had great, uh, I don't know, great, he had a very good special teams game.
1: You know who I'm going to say that about?
2: Yeah, want to hear it,
1: Cassius Marsh Senior. Oh. Yes, Cassius. off the roster after week two. And if he doesn't show me something, and
0: here's the thing, Cassius Ev- Marsh, show me what you got. Every day I read the training camp reports, and it's always like Cassius Marsh had another great day at training camp. And I'm like, start. It's starting to like turn into like,
1: are they trying to speak it into truth? I don't know.
0: It's like I'm so irritated by it now. It's like they're like, oh yeah, he blew up Martin in one on one drills. It's like, dude, he blew up a guard center in one on ones. Who cares? If he can't
1: <laughs> get, if he can't get past a guard then he doesn't deserve an NFL roster spot it's anywhere. Like, it's
0: like, th- Yeah, they, they set him up to succeed. Cool. Great. Love to hear it. All right. Oh, man, he bowled over CJ Proseis on his way to the quarterback.
2: Nathan, do you have anyone that you're – Got
0: to got to get to – Wait, we got to get to NFL stories. Now we've done all oh. our Seahawks
2: stuff. All right. I want to know if you had a guy that besides Cash Marsh that might be cut after week two that you'd be – There's no
0: one going to get cut after week two. The Seahawks don't, don't do that I with guys fine. who are in the – If I don't play it. the game, go okay. to hard knocks. Okay, fine. Nakansa. I mean, we need tackle depth – but I could see him. Swap get, him out I for see somebody him, who might actually make the I team. could see them g- being like, see you later, dude. We're going to get someone else. Or Demetrius Knox was not great in the first game either. But I think they know Demetrius Knox is more of a project. Yeah, he's a UDFA. They're, he, he, they're he just more might be aware. replacing Roos. Uh, so they, they might just, yeah, kick him to the practice squad instead of Roos this year. Okay. Um, NFL stories. Antonio Brown. We have to do it. <laughs> it is required for, by law. Um, one, I'm fully torqued for Hard Knocks tonight. Yes. I'm, I'm so excited to watch it because this air advantage shut thing is so crazy. And I, so I started to think, when did Antonio Brown really start to go crazy? And a lot of people say, oh, it's when he got that contract. And I was like, Mm-mm. it's when Von Tausey knocked his head off yep. in that game. He started to go slowly crazy. This is CTE folks. So I think this might be like our first like active NFL player who's going insane from brain damage in uh, front of Richard us. Cardido. Very. To depre- this is depressing. Oh, Richie Incognito
2: on Hard Knocks.
0: That's seems- a Cognito- very likable fellow. Let let Richie Incognito is getting the, the, the good edit. He's, He's still insane. He seems like a huge asshole. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> Antonio Brown, though. If they don't show it this week on Hard Knocks, I'm gonna be so pissed because they gotta talk about this. He went on Twitter today and he was like, "Hey, does anyone have a shut air advantage produced after the year 2010?" Like he didn't give up. They were like, "We can't recertify this helmet. You have to pick a different one." He was like, Mm-mm. "I'm gonna go find him one that was made after 2010." Well, I don't that's care. the whole
1: thing. Is it has to be that helmet, and they agreed if it's made after 2010, it should fit the qualifications. And so he's offering a uh, worn, signed Antonio Brown helmet if someone has Raiders practice helmet. a Raiders helmet. Uh, no, no, it
0: doesn't do be Raiders because he'll he'll paint it. That's right. Uh, the best thing is PFT Absurd. from from part of my take is he's like I have one, I have one made after 2010. Please respond to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest. That'd be so if, funny if, if they get Antonio Brown to go on. Pardon my take as part of like giving him the helmet. <laughs> oh man, Mr. Big Chest, and that's another thing is Antonio Brown's legit crazy dude. He went, he goes on Instagram and like lifts weights, and then like little kids will come on the live and like do pushups, and they'll be like, oh yeah, little man, get it. And it's like, what is going on right now? I feel like I fell into a Wait, fever dream. On you know, hard- Mr. Big Chest, <laughs> as a
1: you know, there's a big heart in that Big Chest.
0: And
2: on hard knocks. The his little kids, his children are like, they point to the quarterback, and he's like, where's Ben Roethlisberger? <laughs> yes. The look on... No, no, on, just
0: not where's Ben Roethlisberger, just where's Roethlisberger? Yeah,
2: where Roethlisberger? <laughs> and the look on Antonio Brown's face...
0: Wait till we get home.
2: If there was a look of a man who was about... He was like, I don't know, if you like insulted something I really cared about, it'd be the same look. He'd be like, what? what to like this three-year-old he's like what no man he's he's back in pittsburgh he's an old team that's a quarterback that's you got to learn that name that's Derek carr it was like whoa this is and the kid is like oh all right like you could you would see the three-year-old being like oh, he's easy like, he's like easy yeah, easy
1: easy uh, you heard the story about uh uh mara's kid right uh, the giants owner he was out with his uh seven-year-old grandson and uh they got stopped for a uh, a quick interview and the person asked the grandson who his favorite Giants player is, and he turns up. He's like, "Grandpa, is it okay if I still say Odell?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, uh, the, the the what about the speech that that uh that he that they gave it and hard, hard Knocks? Oh, that coach, they're so good. Quick, uh, he said
1: he said, he, "Wait, I, I don't want to leave Antonio Brown's foot." Real quick, oh, okay. uh, my favorite comment was. Uh, an unreported media person, I believe it was, or it might have just been someone on Twitter, said his foot looks like the signed Declaration of Independence. It is. There's <laughs> Which a. I'm not really sure what that means. It's a big but chunk not of tan.
2: Good. It's a big chunk of tan. Just coming off his
0: foot. Yeah, the speech okay, that. Uh, this, so this this speech one, it had a lot of swearing. Okay, let's just start with that. <laughs> Wait, was it Ichiro? And, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with this. I'm gonna read this word for word. Um, uh. So it's just, everybody right now has dreams, don't they, guys? Everyone has a dream about making it in the NFL. I got a dream of winning the Super Bowl. I got a dream of being in the Pro Bowl. I'm not really into, I'm really not into dreams anymore. I'm into fucking nightmares. You got to end somebody's dream. You got to take their job. You got to take their, here you are. You guys clear about this NFL shit right now? We're not going to the Peach Bowl. We're not going to the Gator Bowl or the Blue Bonnet Bowl. We're going to the Super Bowl.
2: The best thing is the <laughs> dramatic pauses that he does. He keeps nodding at the players and it shows the players and the players are like, I'm what? In, I'm into Are fucking, you want us to kill a man? In? I'm into the
1: fucking nightmares. I'm dude. into
2: fucking nightmares. You know
1: just nodding uh, <laughs> i've only i've only worked for two franchises one of them's the color of night the other's the color of blood i mean he is chucky so do you really think chucky's
0: into nightmares dude it was incredible the, the hard knocks is incredible it was everything i <laughs> i knew when it was the raiders it was going to be batshit insane they haven't even shown Vontaze perfect yet that's how and it's still so good so i just can't wait it's just yeah, the, 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 the
1: training camp thing for the panthers has been lovely the Ooh. Amazon one? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I haven't watched any of it yet, but I've heard it's good too. I haven't caught it
1: yet either, but I've heard it's quite good. Yeah, one. I'd say The
2: Two Straight Men and the uh or the Straight Men and the Hard Knocks right now are any e. Raiders assistant who seems to be a normal person and the narrator. who's yeah. basically just trying to walk you around and not get you hurt.
1: Speaking of assistants, did you see the story about uh New England uh Hosing down the assistants. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna guess that someone dropped a fumble, and so then they had to like do some kind of stupid thing. But they wouldn't let them videotape during it. They were like, "Turn off <laughs> all your, ca- turn off all your cameras." What we're we gonna do? Well, Waterboard the gonna, assistant coaches. We're gonna. Tom Brady's <laughs> gonna spray people with a hose while we try to dive on footballs. It's like, oh my god! This
2: is- <laughs> yeah, but can you imagine Belichick just producing that outlet? All right, we're gonna run drills. Tom's going to spray you with the hose. <laughs> and, and then he just, he just blows it, a whistle and everyone's like, uh,
0: okay. I mean, it will help It will help when it's raining and they need to recover a loose ball. Like, this isn't something that will be useful. It's just weird that Tom Brady's the one with the hose.
1: Well, I like when someone asked Bill Belichick about who's on the roster bubble. His answer was, rosters don't have bubbles. Bill Belichick's the best.
0: Uh, he's my second favorite coach behind ours. Except ours has some weird stuff about him that makes he, him he hard. He does, boring. but okay. he's also ours. So... He's our crazy Uncle Pete. Let's go to let's go to the money zone. Uh,
1: oh wait, weren't we gonna do? Uh, um, weren't we gonna be degenerates for a minute?
0: Oh, that's that's on the that's on the. Oh, part. we're gonna record the payment one. That's on the page. All part, right, But never mind. We're about to give you the pitch. If you want to hear us Be degenerates. That, that's not for that's where not you can for earn some dollar free. dollar bill. Um, then
1: you need to get over onto Patreon as kay. Nathan's about to tell Paige,
0: you. If you want to support the Seahawks podcast for as little as one dollar and twenty four cents a month, you can be like our new Patreon Mark, and you can you can join Thanks, up, Mark. Okay, you can join up and get access to our uh, short short and sweet gambling podcast that we make every week during the regular season and this week. Uh, also, you can get in our group chat and chop it up with us. Listen to the insane ramblings of ex Peahawks Nest podcast member, Brett. Um, and let's Executive
1: say, producer, Brett.
0: But if you don't have any money, you're like broke, dead broke, and you're like, oh, man, I don't have money. Well, you can be like NBZ the Sheezy and give us an iTunes review. We have 74 five-star reviews. You guys are killing it. He says, these guys rock. Brilliantly done podcast. These guys are well-rehearsed, seems funny, and have a lot of knowledge about football. Also, this week, someone on Reddit asked, what's your favorite Seahawks podcast? This podcast was, against all odds, the most upvoted answer, including someone saying, Nathan is so damn funny, which I, I don't know what the fuck they're thinking. But that is uh, something someone said about me. So
1: Thank you, Kerry.
0: Thank you, person who wrote that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping that was my. It was not my mom because my mom could not get. My mom could not figure out how to respond to something on Reddit. Are you joking me? Okay. I love you, mom. Okay. Uh, anything else? Oh, let's, let's thank the Patreons. Sorry. Forrest, we know it
1: was your dad if it said that the Seahawks Nest podcast is great, but not as good as The Matrix. Yeah, it's what? fine. Or if, it, or if
0: it said. Or it's if not it as, said, as good as The Matrix. Or it said the Seahawks Next podcast is good. But it's better if you smoke a lot of weed first. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Forrest, James, Chuckatilla, Tom, Lucas, Carrie, Bob, Kieran, Brett, Mike, David, Flocknus, Keith, Frank, Michelle, and Brian. Thanks for supporting the show. Okay. You guys ready for this movie zone? This is the best. That we're already at like one hour and 15 minutes. We're hitting a movie zone that is not going to be a short one. This is for the true fans. <laughs> this is for the people who really like this if podcast. If you've been
1: hanging in for some serious preseason NFL analysis, Kay. well, then you're about to so, get the cherry on top. So,
0: Eric, <laughs> I actually heard from someone else that you were going to a, a He-Man convention or some... Yeah, it's a thing called PowerCon. They do it every year. Uh, all these nerd
2: factions, I mean, there's... We all kind of know about, like, the My Little Pony cons that exist that we'll uh-huh. make fun of, but the G.I. Joe Con, there's multiple G.I. Joe Cons every year. Uh, Masters of the Universe has a con. Uh, I do a lot of photography involving their stuff, their uh, figures for Mattel. Uh, and I'm going this weekend. I'm going they, they, did they like invite you or did, the, did you <laughs> just decide to go? No, but I am handing out my business cards to a, a few uh,
0: manufacturers. Okay. So Eric's uh, – like This is, so, is my side nerd So I kind of heard that, that you were going to this and I was like, oh, you know what I should do? Masters of the Universe is on Amazon. I'll drop it in the group chat and say we got to do this movie this week. So – Okay. The Master Which, of, of the course,
1: Universe Eric had already watched it. Eric had already watched it. Yeah, I was it. I was
0: getting ready for power Con. I'm like, let's watch this giant turd. Okay. <laughs> so let's let's start with that. Okay. You call it a giant turd. I would call it a moderate turd. Um, there are things about I this movie I would call it
1: just the smell left in the bathroom after a giant turd Nice
0: uh, There are things about it this movie That basically smells like space and turd That I thought were legitimately good um, The music None of them were the script The music oh, Okay, wait, the music Let's it's start a straight with the of Superman
1: I was yes. going to say
2: This is perfect Because I was thinking like Oh, I wish we'd do this on Movie Club Because I had the perfect thing to say The theme to Masters of the Universe <laughs> Is if I say Kevin hum me the theme to (laughs) superman and kevin can't remember but Uh, he is positive uh, that he can
0: uh, uh, there you go that's the theme to he-man right uh, there and the intro is like exactly the same too with the space and the scroll and the letters But it's It's the lettering the same.
2: in superman are like oh this looks weird and but it works somebody watched the he-man
1: it looks weird doesn't work for the first five years of the 80s and went let's make one movie (laughs) then
0: the budget of this movie is 22 million dollars and you get to see the budget of this movie when they're in Eternia. Because, like, the sets are insane for 1980s. It's, like, so much set construction in this. I didn't
1: argue the special effects are pretty decent.
0: And, and then we inexplicably leave Eternia and spend half of the movie on Earth not using these sets that we spent $20 million and on. if you in, want to know... like,
1: the most boring part of Kentucky.
0: It, no, it's, uh, if you want to know, was like... It, were they in New Jersey? They in Kentucky? No, know.
1: she was going to New Jersey. Oh, yeah. yeah, She was working at a chicken place. They did not specify where. It was either Kentucky or Pennsylvania. If you've
2: ever been uh, in California driving north from Los Angeles and you need to stop to get lunch somewhere, welcome to the town this was filmed in. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. There's, there's shops, but they're nondescript shops. It was they're not going to so be there crappy, in two years. All the
1: teenagers hang out at the stupid chicken place.
2: Yes, and there's a Hallmark store, which is immediately bad news for any town.
0: <laughs> okay, so okay, let's just break it down. Okay, Eric, costumes. How did you feel about the costumes?
2: Um, okay, so for a movie, they're fine, I guess. William Stout, who designed the costumes. There's a documentary, there's two documentaries on Netflix. There's a show called The Toys That Made Us, which is a, uh, it's, if you watch like the VH1, this is the 80s, this is the 90s, it's kind of that style. It's fun, and it goes, it's like 50 minute episodes of toys from the 80s. I recommend season one all the way. Season two's fine too, but season one brings you a lot of cool toys, one of them being Masters of the Universe. Watch that, you will laugh your ass off, because they talk about how they came up with the names of some of the characters. Merman, who's like the undersea guy, was uh, originally going to be called Seaman.
1: man And then
2: someone at Mattel was like, you can't have Seaman. man Get out of (laughs) here. Mattel ruins everything. Yeah, but they they basically, uh, there's another documentary called The Powers of Grayskull, also on Netflix. That's a serious documentary. They interview William Stout about his designs. And this guy, (laughs) he literally says, so they said, this is the toy line. You have to make it look like the toy line. And I looked at it and I said, I'm not doing this. (laughs) <laughs> and he goes through all these designs that he that he pitched, and there's one that's like kind of looks like the the cartoon or the figures, and he's like, "Ugh, I hated this." It's like oh, Hollywood person, you suck. Uh, costumes are fine; they just look nothing like the source material.
0: So this is a big problem that I think this movie had is that. People who are legitimately into the source material like you are alienated by this movie almost immediately because they didn't make the the characters look like the comics and they changed a bunch of the characters except for like He-Man and Man-at-Arms and like they, they kept only like a couple characters from the original show. Yeah. And everyone so, else, they just inexplicably changed for for no reason. This
1: is not the Super Mario like, Brothers movie, like, but it's kind of the halfway point.
0: Billy Barty, who is the top billed actor in this movie for some reason, <laughs> plays Gwildor, who's like a little annoying comic relief character. If, if
2: you watch Orko from the cartoon, yeah, why? he's the he's the version of Orko that they could afford.
0: Why didn't they just have Orko in this? Because movie? Orko
2: floats and he has no face. They would that would have to be a CGI character now. Back saying, then, Battle CGI Captain didn't exist. Better. Yes, but Battle Cat huge budget. So instead, let's put a little person in an ugly old elf makeup thing and have him talk like a doofus.
1: It basically looks like somebody took a gremlin's doll. We are a
0: peaceful race.
1: They're (laughs) like, let's take a gremlin's doll and an Ewok outfit and melt it. A little person actor, and we'll just throw them all in the dryer and see what happens. Yes. And then,
0: and then uh, the, at the beginning of the movie, they have this scene where they they establish these four mercenaries that are going to be kind of chasing He Man back to Earth. Uh, Blade, Beast Man, and Karg And then
2: one of those was a toy.
0: And Beast Man, Beast Man was the toy. Beast Man was and the one looked, that was like the real. Beast Man was
1: also originally supposed to have a talking part. Beast yeah. Man had no lines, and then nope. he's uh, growled a lot. But
0: Langello yeah. looks at him and he goes, "A curious bunch." <laughs> <laughs> As if he's never seen them before. <laughs> like, just to, like, yes, that's a great way to describe them. And then Evil Lynn has
1: to turn and be like, dude, they're your friggin' mercenary yeah. man." Evil <laughs> uh, Lynn <laughs> is pretty good.
2: Evelyn dude, Meg good. Foster's Evil Lynn is awesome. Uh, Frank
0: Langella's Skeletor is awesome. Those oh, are the two strongest performances Ske- in the movie. Absolutely. Skeletor brings it the whole movie. Yep. Uh, everything he says is, like, really convincing. And then uh, Evil Lynn at the end of the movie where she just, like, dips because she's mad that... Uh, about Skeletor's plans, I'm like, yeah. or, or is that Sorceress that dips? Is,
2: no, that's Evilin.
0: Yeah, it's evil one Yeah, and I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, get get out of there! Don't just just walk away from this from this idiot. Yeah, those were the two.
1: <laughs> those are the two strongest performances. Those and the principal from Back to the Future. Those were three <laughs> oh, strongest oh, performances. The, the, in the is movie. that the
0: detective? Yeah, yeah, the detective guy was great. And I, one thing I like is that shotgun blast kill people in in this mystical universe. Well, I mean, it's a shotgun. <laughs> yes. I get it.
2: I will say this. I have a. I like to have this kind of made-up world in my head where certain actors play the same character in every movie, and you can just justify it. So, like the guy from Family Matters, uh, he's the cop in Die Hard. It's the same character. But
1: that's actually true.
2: It is true. I would like to say that the cop in this movie then later went on to uh, train Tom Cruise in Top Gun. It's or or before that, you know. Either way, it's well, the same and both guy.
1: both of those only exist in the alternate uh, timeline. Where crime chases him out of Hill Valley. Yes, so and those uh, are both in the old 1985. Was,
0: when he was Mr. Thorne in Problem Child 2, was that? <laughs> was that part of it that too? would be in the correct timeline.
2: They cast him and they said, "We need you to be poor man's Ed Harris and yell at someone and call them hot shot."
0: And he's like, "You got it, hot shot." Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the so. So far, if you were listening to this, you might think, "Hey, these guys think this movie's pretty good," and these are nope. the good things about this movie. <laughs> but the bad thing is, is the entire movie is centered around He Man who is played by Dolph Lundgren, and in this movie, Dolph Lundgren is asked to talk and sword fight. Two things that he has less than no ability to do. I swear to God, every single one of his lines looks like it was done in ADR, and it's all stupid looking and horrible. Everything he says sounds dumb and looks dumb. They had
1: to record his audio three times because it was bone unusable on set, and they almost had somebody else dub over him.
0: His sword fighting is terrible so they have him shoot guns a lot instead There's which is a good really cover
1: bad fast cuts in the fights oh my gosh so many so cuts between the bad honestly slow I think the fast cuts was really harsh i did not like the way that the directing they, in this. they
0: gave this movie to gary goddard who was like a really famous uh stage guy who also makes uh lots of really good rides he designed a jurassic park the ride which is legit. Anyone who's ridden Jurassic Park the ride knows that this is a cool ride, but why would you have a guy that makes theme park rides make your T-Man movie? It doesn't yep. make any sense. And then why did Mattel give this movie to a studio that was known for making Break-In 2 Electric Boogaloo? Like it's, yes. Well, it,
2: if you've heard the soundtrack of Break-In 2, then you'll get it. Um, <laughs> I'll say this about about the <laughs> the amazing choices made here. Uh, the The mercenary bounty hunter by the name of Blade... Is also the uh, the stunt coordinator of the movie, so that's why he ha- does battle with He Man because he can carry the battle scenes for He Man.
1: Which that is the be- the two best looking battle scenes. Are yes. the ones that he's involved in. And the, the one is Blade, and the one you'll tell us about.
2: And the one is the final s- scene of the movie the the giant battle. That is not Frank Langella as Skeletor. That is uh, what's his name? De- DePriesto or something like that. Kevin or Nathan, you have it pulled up. Wait, you got playing B- Blade.
0: In the movie. Either oh, way. yeah, yeah. The guy that played Blade. That was um, uh, yeah, Anthony, Anthony Delongis
2: Delongis DePriesto. Same thing. Uh, he, he basically had to, uh, you know, carry that because he knew the choreography. Um, they ran out of budget
0: for the lights, so that's why it's filmed in a really weird way. Um, yeah, Mattel literally came and covered up the camera towards the end of filming and said, like, you can't film anymore. You're out of money.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, it's like... What it's, a mess! It's a really interesting thing. The thing about Dolph Lundgren, this was mid '80s Dolph Lundgren, so he's uh, very beautiful and Swedish, but he's not very good at the English. And
0: uh, it and doesn't. He
1: didn't put the time into making sure that he could do it. He was purely cast on body type. He had to do all his own he stunts does. for the movie because they didn't have a proper body double for him.
0: He he looks like He Man. <laughs> yep, I'll give him that. He does look really good. Looks like a dragon,
1: um, <laughs> and.
0: By the way, there's a really good um, documentary on Canon Films uh, that's on – I don't remember what it's on. If it's on Netflix or something, but you should definitely watch it. Uh, And yeah, Canon Canon had rights to all this stuff that was so cool. They had the rights to like Spider-Man and they had the rights to Captain America and He-Man. They had all these great properties that they had reached agreements to make and it just like – Fell apart. Well, this movie was the beginning of the end for them. They really blew it on this one. Did they make the terrible Captain America movie? Yep. yep. <laughs> well, they didn't make it. The guy who, like, they one of their head producers, were kind of took it for it in yeah, order to keep the rights. He wow. took it and, like, made that really terrible Captain America movie. And that 2002 Spider Man that Columbia made was also, they were... Produ- they had production credits on it. Some of the guys from Canada. Interesting. In. Uh,
1: so, what this movie did wrong. Uh, they clearly watched Star Wars and were like, let's do Star Wars stuff.
0: It looks like it's the way it looks and the way it acts is Star Wars crossed with Power Rangers. And like all the
1: action scenes are like if you shot Star Wars action scenes, the way they shoot with those harsh uh, cuts in Power Rangers. There is uh, it's really jarring and bad.
2: There's really one great scene where uh, two soldiers robots. On hover pads, go after He-Man. And
1: he's on a hover pad. Yeah, and (laughs)
2: He-Man knocks the guy off and takes the hover pad. This is some of the finest, by finest, I mean the epitome of shit special effects from the the 80s. Yeah, these are just like... He does a barrel roll. Remember, now it's called CGI. Back in the day, they said, oh, he's superimposed. Meaning they would put you on a green screen and just Which manipulate. Which it definitely looks like that. It is It looks awful. like if
1: your local news station made a fight scene. <laughs> a reenactment of the He-Man movies? The, using the weatherman's uh, green screen. Yeah,
2: it's, uh, it's Doppler He-Man for sure. I'll um, say that it's uh, that's one of my favorite scenes in the, the movie. The from front moving in there. Not, not for good reasons.
1: Uh, let's see. The very end when Skeletor gets knocked down uh, out of Cloud City is... <laughs> Is, is a really bad rip off now
2: nathan i don't know if this is true that you can verify this or not but i want to say that masters of the universe may be the first movie with a post credit scene that teases a sequel uh, no uh
0: 13 part one it teases cyborg starring uh john claude van damme which is what they took all the resources they had spent on the setting up the the He-Man sequel and all the things that they had, they reformed that into Cyborg, that really crappy Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. That's like his first movie besides Predator. It's it's pretty good. And um, Carrie. It's
2: pretty sweet, dude. Oh,
1: was it after credits, though? Oh, gosh. I think in theaters, both those were after credits Okay, scenes, but I could be wrong on that. Sure. Um, I know Back
2: to the Future, but it doesn't have really a scene. It's more like a, we'll be back
1: to the future. But that is before. It is. Uh, and... What? Does he does he like cackle?
0: I'll be back. Because I actually didn't stay he, after the credits. It's,
2: I didn't when I was a little kid. By the way, uh, it's
1: the the masks. He the mask surfaces. You no, know, like, it's it's his he head. he
2: pops up out of the water and he goes. I'll be back. Yeah, and then it freezes because that's awesome.
0: Eighties. Um, <laughs> <80s. laughs> um, okay, this okay. this movie is I, so of its time.
1: Here's the, thing.
2: the best thing is my mom took me to this when I was ten years old or whatever. And in the end, you know, it's everybody wins and uh, He-Man holds a sword above his head and he and he goes, oh, I have the power. In his terrible Dolph Lundgren voice, my mom laughs so hard. <laughs> and I remember at 10 being so offended. I was like, mom, stop. Like, this is my movie. But as a kid, I was like, yeah, this is trash.
1: And like, now that you're this age, you're like, he does sound like. And
2: I was like, oh, I wish me and my mom could watch this together because we would both crack up. <laughs>
0: Um, all right Eric you ready yeah so I have a question for you Masters of the Universe 2021 5th of of March 2021 are you going to be in the theater
2: I don't know man let me know when I see a
0: trailer Uh, but the Knee Brothers directed the Markham and Holloway they wrote it it's like a they it's a bunch of people like Markman Holloway wrote Iron Man shot it. Punisher Warzone and uh Ugh, Punisher in... Warzone's awful. Punisher War Warzone is an awesome movie. I do I will fight for that movie. That movie's good. The, do you like the, the directing in that, that movie? That's the best. Yeah, dude. Lexi Alexander. Which that... uh, what which, about when... which the... directing? Because there's three directors on the movie. Which the part the part where the guy gets hit in the chest with a with a rocket is the best part of the movie. Remember <laughs> that, that shit? That shit is fucking <laughs> yes, sweet, of course. dude. Dude, I'm serious. That movie's cool. Like it's it's campy as hell. Like you have to be in the mood for it's it. Cut, every scene's color you can't <laughs> it's like we're gonna go with a yellow scene
2: motif.
1: now and a, Maybe and each a blue director was motif assigned a color and that's what you have to figure it's out it's
2: really interesting to watch it's not a terrible movie i'm just like if that's your selling point nathan here's the thing i like a lot of 80s kids property because i was a kid in the 80s and i'm a big nerd so like yeah he might be cool but you guys know this i was super stoked to see once upon a time in hollywood i still am it's still in theaters thank god because i haven't seen it yet
0: uh, I, will say... I, did, I did end up seeing the movie we talked about last week, Scary Stories, To Tell in the Dark. It wow. was a movie. It was fine. That's my review. It was a movie.
1: Uh, I will say, Master of the Universe has enough there that it could be made interesting and fun.
0: It depends on... It ha- uh, if... You have to lean into the campiness, because go watch those cartoons. They are campy as hell.
1: Yep. Also, like, don't so the bright colors. Of people like Transformers that get offended when it's campy, and you're like, did you You never watched the cartoons.
2: Don't be like, uh, be like Bumblebee, where they took the source material and made it cool. Don't be like the GI Joe movie where they're like, you know what's cool right now? Iron Man and everyone in black suits. It doesn't make
0: sense. Yeah, a lot no, of Joes make, down no. There. Lean into what the show really was. Like, do what Marvel did. Like make fantasy, it fun, make it fun, and make it and cheesy. go for the source make it, material. Make it a little bit corny. And like, also,
1: I'd still rather see Thundercats.
0: All right, For, um, send us your thoughts on the He Man: The Masters of the Universe. Uh, Ma- Actually, that movie was called Masters of the Universe because they didn't want He Man on the poster. Uh, oh, also,
1: all the enemies are robots because you weren't allowed to kill uh, non-robots in uh, on TV at the time, except they beat the crap out of like four people and use way more fake blood than they need to. Yeah. So basically what <laughs> happened was they,
0: they added those scenes in later because they were like this, this movie needs some of that. Oh, it's not going to make any sense. It didn't make sense. Anyway. It
1: didn't make sense. It actually felt very out of context, but man, they, they used the crap out of the blood packets when they beat people up. He's like, he got punched in the face three times and he looks like he, uh, like, I don't know. I uh, walked out of the elevator in the shining.
0: All right. For Eric, for Kevin, we will see you guys next week. Gohawks.